0: What is up? It is your girl, Shuler Elliott, and welcome back to the Kill Culture Podcast. You guys, bienvenidos. I think I said that right. (laughs) Bienvenidos. I don't know. Someone can correct me on that. Welcome, guys, to the Kill Culture Podcast. It is your girl, Shuler, Elliot. We are back with another episode. We're flowing. We're going. I feel like we're in a little bit of a groove now. Like, we are zooming through. And I can't believe it's fall. Like, where did time go? We literally started this podcast in April, and it is now fall. So I'm like, where has the time gone? Like, I feel like this year's just flowing by, which is cool, because we're rolling. We're pushing. That just means we are just moving through life, just... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, you guys welcome I'm back. I'm very very excited to be talking to you guys again It is a beautiful day. Um, I hope it's a beautiful day where you guys are right now. I'm so excited to be talking to you today I'm very I'm very I know I say that every time I'm like I am very very excited about this episode because you want to know my thoughts on that Is it because i'm only gonna really choose stuff that like i'm excited to talk to you guys about like I feel like the lord will lay certain things on my heart and I just, I get excited. Now, okay, I will say the last episode, it's not like I was excited to, cause we were talking about something a little bit heavier, but at the same point in time, I was excited because I was like, Yo, let's tackle this. Last episode we talked about suicide. It was Suicide Prevention Month, and um, that was September, and it's October now. And we just we had a good time chatting. And I really wanted to dive into that that topic head on, and not and not like and not like tippy toe around it. You know what I'm saying? That is what we did. Go ahead, check it out. The last episode we talked about practical steps to defeat depression, to defeat suicidal thoughts, and how to not give up. I feel like that sounds so cliche. Don't give up. No, but really, like, let's break that down. What does that actually mean? And how do you apply that to your life? So go ahead, check it out. You can watch it or listen to it on all of your favorite podcast platforms. We are there. But that's the past. Let's talk about the present. In the present, we got this episode for you guys. Let's talk about being sober-minded, okay? that That's what this episode is about. And really, it is killing the culture of the 21st birthday I just had my birthday um, a few days ago I am 21 or a few weeks ago I'm 21 now I was 20 when we started this but now I am 21 I just had my 21st birthday and um, I had a really good time my friends surprised me and then I also had family birthday dinners we did stuff actually on my birthday it was a great all-in-all birthday so thank you guys seriously so much for all of the birthday wishes and and the sweet messages and sweet texts and sweet DMs that I got from you guys. Um, I love you all very, very much. And I'm very thankful and excited for what God is gonna do in this next next year. Like, but I, I gotta say, like, I didn't have a typical, you know, 21st birthday. What the world would define as the perfect 21st birthday that I didn't have that. And this isn't like, oh, I didn't have that, I wish I could have that. No, this was I didn't have a typical 21st birthday intentionally. I don't want anyone to get really turned off by that because I want you guys to hear, hear me out. First before you form an opinion. Yeah, that's basically what we're diving into the, the culture of this society of this world says you know what 21st birthday go out get trashed get wasted Like don't remember anything sleep with whoever because you're now 21 like you're you're technically legal Which most people who say that you were probably drinking before 21 <laughs> And doing all that stuff before 21 so I really don't know why we make the 21st like that big of a deal But I don't know Maybe like, it's just because it's like well you're actually legal now Like I wanted to dive into the importance of being a young adult. Dull and being sober-minded. And so I looked up on the Urban Dictionary the definition of the 21st birthday. Like, we all typically have an idea of, like, the 21st birthday, but, like, what does it actually say on text? The Urban Dictionary definition of the 21st birthday is the individual whose birthday it is gets completely and totally intoxicated with the help of friends and family that eventually leads to uncontrollable actions and the loss of self-respect and any dignity that the individual has no like that sounds awful (laughs) like like legit like that's why sometimes when you put things and you look at like the definition or, or look at things on paper or look at like the actual text of things it's like why do we do this and you know I like I said I want you guys just to hear me out with this we live in a society where the culture is to not be in control we live in a world and a society where we actually advertise not being in control we're like yay yeah, yeah, and yeah, no 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 you shouldn't be in control of your life and if you are in control of your life and you're living life and, and you're trying to be sober minded and all of these things then you're actually kind of crazy like oh so... Oh. Excuse me for being crazy, for wanting to be in control of my my actions and my mind. We we definitely push a culture of chaos and destruction, but yet foolishly we play into that. And not only do we play into that, but we actually glorify it. People are like, OK, so is it a sin to drink? It is not a sin to drink. It is not a sin to drink alcohol, but it is a sin to be intoxicated and not be in control of your mind and not be in control of your body or your actions and putting yourself in that position where you have no idea what's going on and you don't have control over what you're doing in the space that you're in. So that is why the Bible tells us to be so- sober-minded in all that we do. And, you know, that's actually not just, like, drinking and alcohol. What that it also is is being sober-minded – and not letting like not letting your anxiety control you because if you're letting anxiety and depression control you and consume you you're actually not sober minded because those emotions are controlling your actions you're you're officially not in control of your body you you are submitting to the depression you're submitting to the anxiety and you're submitting to your emotions so you're not sober minded because you're you're not in control of your own life and your own body so that's what the bible's talking about that's not just only talking about drinking in- that's also talking about being sober-minded and all that you do hold up let's go back to talking about society so yeah society pushes us to do all of these things and say hey you shouldn't be in control go out live your best life be wild do this do that do that do that and and start this new life in your 21st birthday and this new life of adulthood out of control and honestly this is why our society is in such a bad place and like i feel like we're looking at each other and we're like yo yo what's going on in the world like what's going on with society like man this crazy like wars are breaking out like all this stuff like what is wrong or or like the gender wars of like guys being versus girls and girls being versus guys talking about they're the problem no they're the problem they're toxic no she's toxic like all of this stuff and it's because no one is actually doing the things that they were supposed to be doing what would happen if we lived in a society where you just did what you were supposed to do what what god told you to do and i'm doing what i'm supposed to do and what god is telling me to do like what would happen like let's just cut the crap and it's not like oh you do you No, like you do what you're supposed to do and i'm gonna do what i'm supposed to do and then let's watch the lord work honestly that would just fix so much but anyways romans 6 12 says do not let sin control the way you live (laughs) dang Okay, hold up. That verse isn't even done, and they're already just like stabbing us right now. I'm gonna read that again. Do not let sin control the way you live. God does not want you giving up control and submitting yourself to things of the world. He's like, Look, babe, ain't nobody got you like I got you. Ain't nobody gonna protect you like me as God gonna protect you. Ain't nobody gonna look after you like I'ma look after you, like ain't nobody going to do it. So you submitting to your sin, you submitting to this, you submitting in a relationship and letting somebody control you and run all over you, all of these things, God does not want that for you. He's like, submit to me because everything else will fall into place. If I died for you, you best believe I'm going to protect you in every other way. We illogically confuse God's intentions and we question God's intentions when he has proven time and time again that he's so faithful. And that's why we should submit to him and not other people and other things. But let's look at the second part of this verse. It says, do not give in to sinful desires you should not be giving in to your sin you shouldn't be the the bible also says resist the devil and he will flee so you are always going to be facing resistance in your life and that isn't just talking about drinking that isn't just talking about alcohol that's not even talking about smoking or anything like that you're always going to be feeling a push back from doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing and if you're feeling that pushback, you need to continue to push through because resistance is inevitable you cannot avoid resistance Resistance will be there, but you decide what you do with the resistance. So this verse is saying like, do not let sin control the way you live. I'm not gonna let a substance control my life. And I think that's the question you have to start asking yourself, do I want to be in control of my own life? Do I finally wanna get on the right track? Do I finally wanna start chasing the right things? Do I finally wanna start attracting some better relationships? Do I finally wanna start making a better life for myself? And if your answer to that is yes, then you gotta cut that sin. Like you gotta say bye. You you cannot let the sin control you, oh man, it got me. You know, like that temptation was too heavy. God always provides a way out of temptation. If there's temptation, there's a way out of it because that's how good he is. He's like, look. I already saw that this temptation was coming. I knew it. I knew you were going to be tempted by it. Don't worry about it. I'm giving you a way out. But now it's up to you to have the willpower to take that way out. So really, it's like God sets everything up, but it really comes down to your actions and your decisions. And then it says, do not give in to sinful desires. Like sometimes I love how blunt the Bible is. (laughs) Like it just says, yo, don't let sin control the way you live. One, two, do not give in to sinful desires. Don't give into it. I feel like we also live in a world where we like to just put a bandage on everything. <laughs> like, let's just put a band-aid on it and it's fine. We don't want to deal with the problems that we're facing or the emotions that we're feeling. We cloud ourselves. We get intoxicated so that we can avoid the real issue. The real issue is the insecurity. The real issue is the depression. The, the real issue is the loneliness. The real issue is the anxiety. And those are the real issues that, that we're avoiding. So we self-medicate with substances, but that's just a band-aid. That's not going to heal you. The only thing that will heal you is God. That's it. He's the only one who can fill those voids. Otherwise, you're just going to keep putting a band-aid on the issue that is not being fixed. So don't refuse to do the work that needs to be done for you to get healed, for you to live a better life. So the culture of the 21st birthday is, hey, you're an adult now. Cool. Congratulations. Let's start life. And let's start this journey of adulthood being reckless, being destructive, causing chaos. And then let's just keep repeating it every weekend. Good luck. (laughs) Like, like, honestly, you know, you want a good outcome of life, but you gotta have actions that support the outcome that you want in life. You can't want this picture perfect life and you can't want this fairy tale ending of your life, but not do the steps that lead to that fairy tale or, or lead to that ending that you desire. It doesn't make much sense. You're you're gonna get out of life what you put into life. What would happen if we break that cycle and say, I want to start my my adulthood in this chapter of my life in control uh, of my actions, in control of what I'm doing because I have goals. I I know where I'm going in life. I know where I want to go. I know where the Lord is leading me to go. But it's up to me to follow the instructions that He's given me so that I can get that outcome. So I can get His best and get what He wants to give me out of life. So I think that was also my mindset. Going into my 21st and and I, I admittedly i did feel like people were watching to be like yo okay like she was talking all this god stuff like is she gonna be like out out there drinking like on her 21st is she gonna be out here doing and that's okay because people are always gonna watch and your life is a testimony um so that's fine but i just it, it was really an interesting tug because a lot of people be like all right girl go out do your thing for your 21st and i'm like what you mean my boy <laughs> Like we're gonna have a good time best to believe like we're gonna have fun like we're gonna have like we're gonna have a good time but Your version of a good time and my version of a good time might be different and that's cool Like that's totally fine, but it's all about your perspective. I had fun with my 21st I did, I really did, the whole week was great. We ended with a really fun at night with a, uh, with a group of friends and we, we did a limo, We everything, it was so fun. Your view of the 21st and my view of my 21st might be different, because I, I just want to start off in control and, and start off the right way. So instead of saying, you know what, I, I'm 21, let me just, ah, cool, let me just do all this stuff. Let's switch the mindset and the culture and said, no, I'm gonna actually build my dream life now because I'm young. I'm gonna work towards my goals and work towards my dreams now, Because I'm young, I feel like a lot of times we don't take we don't take advantage of our youth right now. I'm 21. So I'm going to take full advantage of being single, of having more time, of being young, having a young body, like being in my prime. You know, culture says you're you're only young once. And that's actually true. You are only young once. So it's so funny, the perspective on that. So the world, the culture says, you're only young once. Do this, live your best life, all this stuff. And I'm like, I am living my best life because I am only young once. I'm not going to waste these years. And then I don't want to, I don't want to hit 40, 50 and then be like, man, what did I do? Like in my twenties, like what did I do? Like I should have, I should have used that time wisely. I should have actually done this. I should have still had a good time, but made sure I was set up for success and set up to have the life that I want. I don't want to be scrambling when I'm 40 and 50 and be like, let me try to get my life together. Like, I don't wanna do that. And that's fine if that's you right now. You can start today. But that's gonna start with some choices and changes that you have to make. But take advantage of your youth. You cannot build a better tomorrow if you're self-medicating and avoiding the issues today. Deal with the issues today to build a better tomorrow. That's just the way that it works. I just think we also live in a culture and a society where we say that the best years of our life are always behind us. Like, every single time I think I talk to adults... (laughs) (gasps) they're, they're like, oh my gosh, college, like, my college days were the best, and, oh, college was college was this I remember the good old college days like no I'm sorry but screw the good old college days like I'm so sick of hearing that like I I understand like people aren't always talking about partying and stuff in college but in the context of partying and things like that again I don't want to be 50 and then be like oh my best days were just four years in college like I'm 50 years old but I only had like four best years you can make your best life now like you can make your best life starting today you can make your best life ahead of you you can be pursuing your best life but if You're not taking the time to actually put in the work and pursue your best life, you're never gonna get it. And and then you're gonna hit a phase where you maybe do get it and you're like, man, I wish I would have had this a little bit longer. So I just think that it's a big message to everyone to just use your time wisely, cut off relationships that should be cut off, that should be like done, like bye. And then, because the more you start to just cut the cancer in your life, God can literally restore and bring in the relationships and the people and the experiences that He wants you to have. And they're a million times better because He's in it. he wants to give you his best i feel like most people don't really start working on their life and building a better life and building better relationships and until they're like later down in life like no let's start now i want to start now if i have the opportunity to start now I'm starting out. You can have a full and whole life, but it starts with the decisions that you make today. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Let's look at the first statement. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's talking about culture. Like this is the pattern of the world. This is what the world says we should be doing. This is what culture says we should be partaking in. Culture says we should be living this way. That's a pattern. And it says do not conform to the pattern of this world. The world has set out a pattern saying everybody does this. Everybody does these things this way. This is how you should be doing these things as well. Honestly, the world is trying to control your life and control your mindset. That's why this verse says, but be transparent transformed by the renewing of your mind, not of the world. This verse does not talk about the world changing. You know what? The world needs to be a better place for you to have a better life. No, it's saying the world's always going to have these patterns. The world's always going to have this culture. Sucks. Deal with it. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yours, nobody else's. It's saying you can't control what your friends do. You can't control what your family does. You can't control what your parents do or, or, or any people in your life or anything. But you can control the way that your mind is transformed and the way that your mind is renewed by the word of God and the way that you want to live your own life so it's saying stop worrying about what the world is doing stop following all these trends stop partaking in herd culture and renew your own mind renew the way that you think and the way that you live your life through the word of God look at this last part of the verse then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will let's pause a lot of people in society are confused you don't know exactly Exactly what to do. You don't know exactly what God is calling you to do. You don't know what decisions to make. And that's okay because life is confusing. I think a lot of people are doing things that God didn't call them to do, honestly. And that's because they never allowed themselves to get renewed. They never allowed their minds to be transformed and renewed by God because God wants to make you new. He wants to make your mind new. He wants to, to change your thinking and change your ways of life so that you can fit into his will because his will is better than your own desires and your own will. But you cannot experience or see or live in the will of God if you are still not sober-minded, if you're still following the patterns of this world, if you are still following the herd, if you're still doing everything your friends are doing, if you're still just seeking the approval of man, if you're still doing these things and following the patterns and the culture that the world has set out for you, you'll never be able to discern what God's will is. You'll never be able to have that clarity that you're looking for in decisions and, and finally get on track to do the thing that God is calling you to do because you're not sober minded and you're intoxicated by the culture of society renewing your mind is also the habits I feel like in your life what are your positive habits what are your negative habits honestly write those down on a piece of paper write down these are my good habits these are my bad habits and if your bad habits outweigh the good habits you need to start slowly but surely working and adding on the good habits to your life because I'm trying to replace as many bad habits as I can with good habits also ask your yourself, when things go wrong in your life, like what are you turning to? I feel like when you feel like the resistance and the pressure that we were talking about, you're turning to certain things in life. What is that? Everyone has a flesh response to adversity or a flesh response to resistance. For some people, it might be hitting up an old ex, hitting up your old friends who used to party with. It might be hopping on Instagram, looking at pictures that you shouldn't be looking at, going in and binging on some food. Like it might be all of these different things but ask yourself what am I turning to when I feel adversity when I feel some opposition when I'm feeling a little low when I'm feeling a little depressed a little anxious a little stressed what am I turning to whatever your answer is that is the thing you need to be working on you need to have a conditioned response to stress and anxiety and worry and doubt and fear and it is immediately to run to the word of God to immediately rebuke those feelings rebuke those thoughts and bring those thoughts into captivity and stay on track because the enemy the moment you're a little weak the enemy's going to attack you with just the thing he knows that could get you but like we said before the word of god says resist the devil and he will flee so you just have to keep resisting if you're feeling that that pressure build up your resistance to tolerate it so let's take let's take a peek at this verse Matthew 7:13 through 14 enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Let me break that down and explain that. So picture this. There are two gates, two paths like that. Like if you're just only listening to this, you can't see it. But I did my hands in like a little peace sign V sort of thing. So think about it like two paths. Like you're standing in front of two paths. Both have a gate. Both have a path, whatever. But they look a little different. So one gate is wide and it's really, really big. Like it's probably the biggest gate you've ever seen. Probably like a hundred people could walk through this gate at the same time and have room. Like, and crowds of people can just move through this gate. No issue, no problem. No one has to slow down. They can just sprint through it because the gate and the road is so big. And then I want you to picture the second gate and the road and it is extremely narrow. Like it is single file line narrow. Like the only way you can get through it is if it's a long line and you guys are all single file. So the gate is super narrow, the road is super narrow. So imagine those two paths and one is really big again and one is really small. So what this verse is saying is that wide is the gate to destruction. So that big gate, that big road that we were talking about, that road leads to destruction. And it's easy to go down that path because many people can fit into it. And and it's wide, it's easy, and everybody else is going down that path. The herd is all going down that path. So it's easy for you to just follow the crowd. But the narrow path is more difficult to take. There's less room, it's harder, it's a little bit more difficult, It's more complex. And you don't see as many people going over there. So it's not going to be as appealing to you. It's going to be easier for you to go to the big gate because that's where everybody is. That's where the world is. The world is saying, yo, this gate is lit, but really at the end of it, it leads to hell. And and the narrow gate, people are like, man, like I don't ever get to have any fun. That's not true. That's literally a lie straight from the pit of hell. (laughs) But then when you get to to the end, you have this dream life, this dream house, this dream marriage, this dream relationship and healthy relationships with people, everything that you want to life is at the end of the narrow gate but it's all your perception of what you choose you need to break off from the herd if you feel like you're in a herd and you feel like your friends are taking you down this road of destruction cut them off get your tail over to the narrow gate because that's the one that leads to life so your decisions and your choices right now affect the end of the path do you want the big path that leads to straight to hell destruction destroying your life no good relationship like nothing that you want in life or the narrow path that's a little harder but it leads to the life that you always want. And that's literally kind of what this verse is talking about. It's easy to do what everybody else is doing. And that's what that other verse was talking about, the patterns of this world. It's easy to follow the patterns of the world. It's the easiest thing in the world to just do what everybody else is doing, but it yields terrible, awful results. Ask yourself, are you where you want to be right now? And and if you're not, look at the habits that you have right now. They're probably feeding into you not being where you want to be. That's what it comes down to. The the word is very clear. You have to stop seeking the approval of man. Are you living for man? and in the approval of everybody else that is fear of other people stop being afraid of the opinion of other people stop letting other people control you you got to stop seeking the approval of the world because you want to be accepted by the world and can i be real can, like can i be real like i want to talk about this a little further but i'm not trying to get into like my own business but at the same point in time i am to try to make a point but i am actually i don't know why i'm like hesitating like other people aren't in this <laughs> like real right now i'm like who's gonna hear me like uh but I am actually waiting for marriage. And I made that commitment to myself and made my, that commitment to my my savior and made that commitment to to my future husband at a, at a young age. And I said, I'm going to wait to have sex until I get married to my husband. Like, my husband will be the only person that I have been with. It's funny because... <laughs> I I can't ever say I was ever ashamed of that. It was actually probably something I was very proud of and situations and relationships with like guys and and everything. It's been interesting because when I've said that, (laughs) like the world will tell you like, that's not how you should live. But whenever I tell somebody that, like, I swear everyone's like, that's a good thing. And I'm like, dude, you've like slept with a million people, but then they're like, oh, that's a good thing. And they respect that and people respect you for it. And, here, and here's the point I'm, I'm, I'm making with that. The world will tell you you should be doing XYZ, but secretly respect you living a better life. Like they won't want to say it because it's not the culture that they push out. The culture is saying sleep with a bunch of people and, and sleep around do this do that do all this kind of stuff but at the same point in time like you and that has nothing even to do with christianity like i was watching a a show like this was a long time ago i was watching the bachelor in paradise there was a girl on there she was a virgin and then all the other chicks were mad But then all the guys were like, yo, wait, she's a virgin. And it's crazy because people start to respect you for it. But yeah, at the same point in time, it's like, if that's something we respect, then why do we push a culture that says the opposite? So it it shows you, you cannot listen to what the world is telling you to do. You cannot listen to saying, hey, you should be out here doing this. You should be out partying, doing this. You should be sleeping with so-and-so. You should test it out. Maybe you are this. Maybe you are confused. The world will tell you, you should be experimenting with all of these things. But when you live a life that is, that is chasing after something that's bigger than yourself and saying hey these are my standards this is what I'm gonna do this is what I'm not gonna do then they actually respect you for it stop living for the approval of man because you're low-key if you want respect if you want people to respect what you're doing or respect your life and stuff like that then do do the opposite of what everybody's doing don't be the person who wants to be like everybody else be the person who is set apart and then all of a sudden everyone wants to be like you because you're set apart so I think that's really interesting to me because it's like the culture says do this but yet at the same point in time they secretly respect you not doing that so really you can't listen to the world because the world's just gonna eat you up and lie to you boo boo like do not listen to the world yeah so that's a little bit about me and that's a little bit about my stance and I'll talk to you guys a little bit more about that um in future episodes because I kind of want to dive into all that stuff a little bit more but there's just a little a little sprinkle a little taste you know but going back to those two paths the path to life which was the narrow path was is difficult i can't say it's easy but it's so rewarding and and it's so fulfilling and it's so satisfying because i have that peace that i was always looking for the road to destruction ain't too shiny either like it ain't too bright either because the the path to destruction it's not easy because you're still dealing with depression. You're still dealing with anxiety, sickness. You're still dealing with mental health issues. You're still feeling lonely. So it's like, people wanna say like, oh, the path to Christianity is hard. Okay, yeah, it is. But also the path to destruction is also not good like that's not easy either it's easy to do what everyone else is doing but all of a sudden you start getting these negative results and that ain't too fun either so i would rather be be facing some situations that aren't easy to make me better because i know i'm working on a better life for myself versus living a life that is not productive that is only leading to destruction and knowing i'm not going to get any good results from this so i'm literally facing adversity for no apparent reason (laughs) like i'm facing all of these issues with no with no happy ending with no outcome. I want to do something of value that's going to get valuable results. First John 2 15 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. So stop settling for an unfulfilling life. Like that doesn't make any sense. You're not supposed to love the world. If you're loving the things of the world, your mind should be elsewhere. Your mind should be like, I'm focused on this. I'm focused on that. I'm focused on my relationship with God. I'm pursuing that so I can get his best for my life right now. A lot of people want to say the promises of God only come in heaven. I honestly. Low-key, early in my Christian walk, like, I thought that too. I was like, you know what? Life down here is just meant to, like, suck. Like, life down here is just meant to not be good, to not be fun, like, whatever. That means just life in heaven must be bliss. Back up. Hold up, that's not true. That's where I got this whole like Christianity thing like twisted. Actually, God's promises, he wants to give you all of that now. Well, God wants to give you that right now. Happy and healthy relationships. He wants you to be in a healthy marriage. He wants you to have a healthy relationship with your kids and with your family and everything. He wants these things for you. He wants you to be successful. He actually wants to exalt you. The word says, humble yourself before God and he will exalt you in due time. He's saying, I will put you up there. I will do the dang thing but hold up you have to humble yourself before me you have to submit to me first so the reason why you're actually not getting the things that you've always desired out of life is because you're not submitted to god he's saying look y'all got it twisted you guys think that i don't want all this stuff for you i do but what it requires is you submitting to me first stop settling for an unfulfilling life you have to hit a point where you're in the drugs you're you're hitting with weed daily and you're out partying every weekend and i know you hit a point where you're like is this is this all there is is there more to life and the reason you ask yourself that is because There is more to life. There's more out there for you, but it's up to you to go get it. If you want a different and changed life, it's going to require different actions. Like if you want different results, it's going to take different steps to get there. You are expecting to get happiness out of destructive actions. You're like, yeah, 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 I want my best life. And I hear these things on Instagram of all these like spiritual affirmations of I'm the luckiest girl ever and all good things come to me. And no, girl, all good things don't come to you. Your last relationship was terrible. You are actually dealing with anxiety and depression, but you keep telling yourself, I'm the luckiest girl ever. All good things flow to me. I'm in my best season. No, you're not. You cannot expect a happy outcome in life if you are only going through and doing destructive things to yourself. If you're only in destructive relationships, you have destructive habits, you're not in control, you're not sober-minded, but yet you're like, all good things flow to me. All good things don't flow to you, nor will they because of your actions and your habits that are in place right now if you want a happy ending if you want the best to come you got to start practicing the best habits now james 4 4 says you adulterous people do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with god therefore whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of god that's another one i feel like these verses are just like they just hitting us real hard whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of god I don't know about you. If you read the Bible, you will soon find out you do not want to be on God's bad side. Like you do not want to be an enemy of God. Hold on, that's literally what this verse is saying. Friendship with the world is making yourself an enemy of God. You are on the opposing team if you're friends with the world. If you are literally looking to the world for approval, if you're looking to the world for satisfaction and for basically life, then you are an enemy of God, which means therefore the promises of God do not apply to your life. What God wants to do for you, what God wants to give you, the promises of God do not apply to you. And you're like, wait, but I thought God said, yeah, God did say, but that doesn't apply to you now because you're an enemy of God. You're on the opposing team. You're on the losing side. Let me ask you guys this. All right, let's say if the the Lakers are playing the Cavs in the NBA Finals or something, and if the Lakers win, do the Cavs win too? No, <laughs> like no. If if the Lakers win, does that mean the Cavs win? No it doesn't, because they took the L and that's what this is basically saying is you cannot be on the Cavs and take the L and then expect to get my dub too. Your name is not written in history because you're on the losing team. You are not. On, you don't get to be on the losing team and then get all the benefits of being on the winning team. You don't get the, the cool t-shirts, the interviews, you don't get the bragging rights, you don't get the trophy, you don't get your name on a plaque saying like you guys want in the NBA finals of, of 2023, 2024, you do not get to do that because you're on the team that's taking the L. You're on the opposing team. And that's what this is saying, if you are in love with the world and and if you are following the world, you're either following God or you're following the world. Like let me make that very clear. There's no I'm in the middle, I'm my own god. No, you're not. If you're saying that you are your own god, you're serving the world. So this verse applies to you. You're an enemy of God. There's only two sides here. You're either with God and you're humbled before him and and you serve him and if you made him lord and savior of your life, or you're serving the world. Even if you think you're not serving the world, if you know you're not serving God, then you're you're serving the world. That's just the way that it is. And then you're an enemy of God. So the promises of God do not apply to you. And you want those promises. And if you are following the world, you're actually coming into agreement with the culture of this world by participating in everything that this world has to offer you. Every single time that you're participating in things of this world, you are coming into agreement of saying, I agree with this thing. I agree with this way of living. I agree with this style of life. I agree with the world. So therefore, you You are on the opposing team. Let me tell you something. Don't get to the end of your life and be like, man, I should have did things differently. I should have submitted my life to Christ. I should have humbled myself before him so that I could get my dream life and get everything that I want out of life. Stop coming in agreement with the culture of the world that's actually trying to kill you. That's like a murderer breaking into your home with a knife and stuff like that. And he's like, yo, I'm going to kill you. And you're like, cool, do it. That's the best way I can describe it. When you're coming into agreement with the culture of this world, you are agreeing with a murderer trying to kill you. A murderer is in your home trying to take you out, trying to take your kids out. And you're like, yeah, take us all. Like, wait, let me, actually, give me the knife. I'll do it myself. Like you don't even got to work. Like I'll do it for you. That's what that's like. But first Peter 5, 8, and this is, this is kind of the theme verse of this episode. It says, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Verse nine says, resist him firm in your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Meaning we're all in this together. Yeah. So that's basically what that last part was saying. Like, yo, we all going through it. I'm going through it with you. Like, I'm in here, you're not alone. Kind of diving into the first part of this verse, it's saying be sober minded. That's why the Bible is so clear saying be sober minded. Because meaning the enemy is trying to come around and snatch you. If you are feeling like you're not under the control of the enemy, that means you're under the control of the enemy. The enemy has his hand on you. This is not a coincidence that you're listening to this podcast episode. This is not a coincidence that you're tapping in and you're getting locked in right now because God wants you to know right now that the enemy has a grip on your life. And if you do not resist the enemy and if you do not submit to God, you will get devoured because he's trying to kill you. So cut those habits that are murdering you. Cut those habits that are not going to yield prosperous results. So we talked about some of those promises of God when you are agreeing with the world. Those promises don't apply to you some of those are Matthew 11 28 come to me all all you who are weary and burdened I will give you rest Psalms 32 8 I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go this is clarity if you want to know like where you should be going in life what you should be doing God's saying I'll give that to you I will counsel you with my loving eye on you I will literally counsel you I'll help you I'll be there for you and I love you and my eyes right there on you I'm walking with you Psalms 37 23 through 24 the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him Though he may stumble, he will not fall for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I'm not going to let you fall, babe. I got you. I'm going to make your very next steps very clear to you because I want to give you direction in your life. That's what he's saying. Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. I have the perfect plan for you, but you have to let me apply that perfect plan to your life. And the way that you do that is by submitting to me and allowing me into your life and allowing me to be first in your life so that I can direct you. No one can lead you and direct you from eighth place. The person who's in first place is the one who can lead you and direct you and guide you and that's why the lord always has to be first in your life because you cannot follow someone who's behind you or follow someone who's not first god has to be first so that you can follow him there are a million and that's just a taste like there's a million promises of god but when you side with the world you are actually stepping out away from the protection of god's hand and i want the protection of god like are you kidding me and that's because you're coming into agreement with the world the lord says you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve the world and be in agreement with the world and also be serving me and get the promises and the benefits that come with serving me. You got to pick one. And if you're not serving me, you're serving the world. Therefore, my promises cannot apply to you right now, but they can with one lifestyle change. So if you're wondering why you're feeling so insecure and you're feeling so anxious all the time and you're worried and you're feeling lonely and you're feeling down and depressed, ask yourself, am I pursuing Christ? For those who are already pursuing christ ask yourself is there an area of my life where i'm compromising what area am i compromising in what area am i not living fully submitted to god what area am i kind of like okay yeah i do all this other stuff i follow god i do this i do that but this area mm, i'm not going to really give up or this area i'm going to kind of keep doing this or i'm working on giving up this no you got to cut it out so ask yourself is there an area that i'm compromising in Okay, last thing I want to say is this. Be a data gatherer. gather some data like you need to be very observant and very aware of everyone's lives around you do your own thing but also at the same point in time be observant of the habits of other people because you also learn visually you learn by watching other people and you learn by seeing their life look at everyone around you if you don't like the way your parents life turned out figure out why like what were some of the things that they were doing when they were younger the things that they did or happened and and why do they not like their life now or why do you not like their life now don't follow those same habits don't say all right i don't want to end up like them i don't want to live a life like theirs but i'm gonna do all the things that they did that led to that life where they're unhappy you know and also look at your friends and be like look this person has goals this person is on track this person's trying to live this life this person's trying to live their life after christ and this person isn't really so am i gonna follow the steps of the friend where I know their life it is not gonna lead to a life of prosperity If they continue down that path No, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some friends Who are like-minded, who have the same goals as me Who have the same vision as me Who who are pursuing a better life Who are chasing after what God has for them That's what I'm gonna choose I'm not gonna continue to surround myself with people Who would be sending me in a direction that I don't wanna go Like, I want the people around me To be people I can have at the end of the day In life, where it's like Hey, we all made it Like, we all were on this journey together we all submitted to God we all said hey we're not gonna do this hey we're not gonna do that we're gonna live a life that is pleasing the Lord we're gonna try our best to pursue him and then be like y'all look we made it like we made it together I don't want a life where I am following after friends if they don't change anything their lives aren't gonna amount to anything because of their habits that they have right now so be very observant of the people around you and kind of gather data not like you're analyzing everyone but know kind of everyone's mindset their habits and, and what they're working toward You know you guys basically if you want the results of other people (laughs) Follow that like literally that's what it kind of comes down to There's so many standards and there's so many cultures of this world And not many of them are meant to prosper you not many of them are to see you succeed And that's kind of what this is is killing the culture And the pattern of this world of saying hey doing xyz is the way to go Is the way to do life that is not true like falsehood Like, that is a major falsehood. So, you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining in on this episode of the Kill Culture Podcast of being sober-minded, sober-minded and killing the culture of the 21st again. Thank you for all of the birthday wishes. You know, bless you guys. I love you guys so much, and I'm so so excited just to see what God's gonna do in, in your lives this next year, and in my life this next year. Literally, just so excited. Very guys. Actually, I wanted to say this. Our next episode, eek! I've been working on it for a while. It's gonna be hype. It's gonna be a good time. So make sure you guys tune in next time to the Kill Culture podcast. Check us out on social media. Join in the fun and follow us so you can get reels, daily content, polls, and questions and everything like that but you guys i hope you guys have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this whenever you guys are watching this and i will see you guys next time love you bye